to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments, and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. What if I told you the Vegomatic, <gasps> invented by Samuel J. Popeil, is a food processing device which gained widespread use in the United States via distributor Ronco and made its debut in 1963. I say it brings to mind the Weird Al song about Mr. Popeil. <laughs> well, now that's Samuel. Was he talking about Ron, his son? Ron oh, Popeil sure. was probably, we're more familiar with Ron Popeil. It probably was Ron Popeil, yeah. Okay. Now, this slices and dices kitchen wonderment paved the way while Americans enjoyed classic American sitcoms in the 60s and 70s. These sitcoms have brought us some profound sibling rivalries. Joni and Richie Cunningham, Marsha and Jan Brady, mm. Arnold and Willis. I may have gone to skip the decade there, but whatever. <laughs> now, but in the backstage of entertainment, there too are rivalries that run deep with blood. Ooh. One such torrid tale is the conflict between brothers Leo and Ron. You see, Ron had asked his brother Leo for permission to perform shows using Leo's trademarked <laughs> sledgeomatic routine. This routine based on the aforementioned vegomatic, but with sledgehammers and large household fruits and vegetables. After some time, Ron began performing as Gallagher II in reference to their last names, and the resulting controversy led to an August 2000 trademark violations and false advertising lawsuit. An injunction was granted prohibiting Ron from performing any act that impersonated his brother in small clubs and venues. You might say he was Gallaghered. <laughs> I cannot. I, I went not the long way around on uh -huh. this. I took a detour. I took a scenic route <laughs> through a tunnel. I was just trying to get to Gallagher. I didn't want to make it obvious. Well, anyway. sure. Of course not. I mean, what's the point of doing the show if we can't take people on a little trip and have a little fun along the way? Thank Here you. at minute 57 of Iron Man 2 from 2010, director Mr. John Favreau. Uh, and we are in the middle of the party, uh, and things are getting a little wild uh, as uh, Tony is uh, having some fun blowing up champagne bottles uh, upstairs. And Rhodey has gone downstairs, and now we find out where he's going. He's going into the workshop. So... Rhodey stomps downstairs, and he goes and he puts in his code, and his code is 7949. Rob, do you know what the significance of that code is? 7949. 7949. What is it? Uh, that was the uh, the Lego code for the prison carriage rescue set uh, from the Castle Collection. Uh, I, know, actually, I knew exactly what you meant. <laughs> and it's actually It was actually on shelves at the time this movie was in theaters. What? How about that, huh? Wait, that's... Serendipity. So, well, that's... Weird, isn't that? <laughs> this movie is full of weird, weird. There's no other connection of what that number means in nah, regards nothing, to the scene. Not that I could find. And someone would probably tell me, "Oh no, that was the." But but yeah. it was probably the birthday of the. But it, but what you have to remember is that when Don Cheadle walked down those stairs, there was nothing on that glass. Right. So he just basically just gestured in the air, and then probably our friends at Perception or whatever uh, came in afterwards and CG'd what he was touching onto it. That's right. where you also see his name. Because, I mean, there was probably – maybe there was a framework, but I doubt there was even, like, squares where the buttons were. Right. So uh, maybe, uh, maybe there is. And, it, and if there is, then uh, there are many venues you can use to reach us to tell us that information. Yeah, um, so meanwhile, about, so we see him uh, going – 
it's, as upstairs, the party is still going in and things are being thrown around. Uh, and then we get to see Rhodey actually it goes through the suit-up sequence. It's a very abbreviated. You only basically see like some feet and maybe part of a leg in that too. But like, uh, I guess they didn't want to spend all the time to do and also to keep it moving faster. You knew you knew what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we don't actually know what the suit-up sequence is like right. at this point. Because uh, all we've seen is the, you know, the suitcase suit, which is a whole different thing. So we cut back to the party. Uh, and now we've moved on to the produce section. Uh, so we have a, a girl actually has a watermelon. So this is Allison Ochmanic. She has 13 credits on IMDb. Uh, she has since retired from the model slash actress game, and she's an interior designer in L.A. And if you'd like oh. to uh, make use of her services for our friends who are out in La La Land, uh, she's Ali Bosch Designs on Instagram, and she shows off on her work and her quote-unquote fur baby, her very, uh, very cute dog. Can I tell you, just say something? If sure. any of you do that, please, please tell her that Kyle and Rob <laughs> sent you. Yeah. And just, <laughs> for no other reason she than... She threw a watermelon in the air in 2010. What? And, it, and when it came back down, it landed her a job in <laughs> 10 oh years later. God. Thanks to us. That would just tickle me to no end. Yes. I mean, I seriously, that would be the greatest thing. Then the world would be fine. Yes. We're, we're and, healing them. And the thing that's great is right now, being interior designer in LA used to be a stereotype. Now... It's a genius move because genius everybody's move, yeah. inside. Yes. So, of course, absolutely. you want to have your interior space designed by someone. Uh, Excellent. So, I highly recommend Ali Bosch Designs. So, Marvel we've, we've met seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay. So, obviously, yeah. as we talked about in the last minute, mm -hmm. Tony, it's, it's ramping up, right? So, yeah. we see in that one part is uh, before he gets to, the, to what the watermelon is that she's brought in here, he's now doing it from reverse. He's using a, a silver plate. To kind of mirror, he's you know he's blowing stuff up like from reverse. So we've got that issue. Now yep. she brings in the the watermelon, yep. and he uses arguably Iron Man's most powerful weapon. That's right, the Unibeam. The Unibeam, the chest beam that he used to uh, defeat Ironmonger in the last one. Like this is this is like his his uh, ultimate weapon essentially, right. uh, and he uses it to blow produce. So as he uh, throws it in the air, he says, "I, I think she wants the Gallagher." Uh, and of course, uh, Nolan and Liam Gallagher were born in Liverpool, uh, and they created a small band called Oasis that... Oh, hold on a sec. Oh, sorry. That different notes. Uh, <laughs> different Gallagher. Uh, <laughs> no, as Rob alluded to in the first one, uh, this, we're talking about Leo Anthony Gallagher Jr., uh, who yes. is known by mostly as Gallagher. So, recently I was having a conversation with someone about biopics, and so I always have a problem with biopics because they always start with, like, I'm a kid with a dream. Like, now I get to, like, oh, um, uh, I get to be a star? Yeah, things are going great. Drugs, abuse, horror, like, and then the basically and it ends with like you know maybe maybe redemption with the person that wronged them in the beginning of life or maybe they maybe. just die tragically or, or it's over <laughs> it's gonna be bad so like the, the first 45 minutes are great and the last 45 minutes are just a slog and painful like I guess that's usually where the people earn their Oscars but whew, it's hard to get through so I'm gonna reverse this. So let's talk about the controversy around Gallagher first, and then let's end with the good stuff. So, so, so we all know who Gallagher. We we yeah, talked Gall about this. So in Gallagher the intro. is an '80s comedian. Uh, he, right. he came up at the same time as Seinfeld and Letterman and Leno. Right. Like he was part of that generation of guys and was hugely guarded. And so he, uh, when he came up, he um, got really, really big because he was a prop comic. Now at the time, the prop comics were sort of 
looked down on it, and they still are. Basically, like today, like Carrot Top is kind of a punchline because he does probably, but it's it's in that generation of, of stuff. Like he does things with a lot of stuff, and like, but uh, so he became famous for a routine uh, called the Sledgeomatic. And so what Ron was, what Ron was talking about at the top of the show was there was something called the Vegomatic, and so he and about like this thing that would like chop up vegetables really fast, like it was sort of like a handheld blade crank thing that you would put on, and it would chop things on, and it was super popular. And uh, more than popular, it was ubiquitous in terms of television. If you watched a show on, like, after prime time, you were going to see this commercial. The two of us probably have seen these commercials hundreds of times just because they're constant rotation. So he made a parody of this called the Sledgeomatic. So instead of having this nice little handheld hand chopper thing, he would put a vegetable on the thing and then take a sledgehammer out and smash it. And so it became, it was funny and it became a thing, but it became a signature bit so people would just show up at the shows waiting for that. So imagine instead of like a comic, every year they put out like a new thing in material. So like you know, let's say Patton Oswalt does like an hour of material, and then once he airs it, you know, once you see the special, he's done with it. He'll never do that stuff again. He doesn't go back and do the thing. Well, because of this, he became famous for it. He had to do it over and over again. So it like he had to close every show with this, which is kind of torture <laughs> for right. a comedian, especially having to do the same joke every single time. Like, uh, okay, this was funny, like, in 1978, but, like, here it is. It's it's 86, and I still have to do this? Uh, okay. Uh, but but people, what people don't understand is because he's sort of forgotten, they don't remember that he was huge. Like, oh, he was Kevin yeah. Hart big. Like, he was selling out stadiums. Uh, he, had, he, he did 14 specials on Showtime. Yes. Um, so before we get into that, so I want to talk about lately. So why have you heard about Gallagher? Well, you probably heard of him because of the WTF podcast with Mark Maron. That's the last time we sort of heard from him publicly. So Mark Maron like, grew up you know, knowing who Gallagher was because he was part of that older generation. So Mark Maron is, is part of like two generations of comedians sort of behind. So, But he had seen him perform a number of times. And so when he wanted to to talk to him, Mark Maron like do, has rebranded himself as a podcaster, and he's very very good at it. Um, and so he had the chance to, to meet with him and talk to him. And what you discover over the course of the interview is that Gallagher now, or, or then I could say a couple. This was a couple of years ago, but in his seventies, is a very very bitter man. Like he. Yeah. He, he uh, obviously there was the controversy with his brother. We had to fight for the possession of his own name. No, I, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? Going out and doing that. So he and he also think he's like I should have been the one to take over the Tonight Show. I mean, like he he's he's he sees all the people of his generation who became gigantic mega stars, and he didn't, and he has not taken it well. So he's unfortunately succumbed to that disease that many old people come to of should have been me. Uh, and so it got heated then when Mark Maron brought up some off-color jokes that had been in his current act uh, about Hispanic Americans, right. uh, and basically like, where did these come from? Why are you still telling them these are sold? And you know, Gall- Gallagher is, is defending himself, saying like, uh, they're not my jokes. I heard somebody else tell them, and I just I re- I'm retelling them. They're just street jokes. They're and it got heated, and Gallagher stormed out of the interview on the podcast. And so like, he basically just walks out of his own hotel room, which is where they're having the interview, uh, and then leaves. And so that, that that's where it left. So. Uh, Sad story, but he's still around. He's 74. I don't think he's performing much anymore, but he's still out there. I'm hoping that he's found a bit of peace in his right. quasi-retirement, but I don't want to leave it there. 
So I have I was been a huge Gallagher fan since I was a kid, and I've watched a ton of his specials. And so he's known as like the Sledgematic guy. They people make jokes about him, and he's smashing stuff too. But he's actually a very very intelligent person, and he and he, those fourteen specials are not just him smashing fruit and vegetables on his audience. They're ninety per, you know like ninety percent new comedy, right. and then like it ends with you know this this sort of gag that goes on the way through. So I found one of my favorite bits. I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to play you about a minute of it. And and so this is from, uh, I couldn't actually, this is the other problem. Because he's in that gap, there's not a lot of stuff about him on the internet. So right. I had trouble finding right. out which special, I found this special, uh, but I could not find out which name of which special was. Also, none of his specials are commercially available anymore. They put out a box set of it a couple of years ago, and now that is a collector's item. It's worth like 300 bucks right now. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you can find uh, where they are, I would love to know because I would like to see these again. So uh, he, in this one, he's talking about how difficult school was for him and, and how when when he when he sort of like from his perspective how weird things are and especially how weird language is uh, so we're gonna play you just a little bit of this to get you an idea of what his comedy was like it doesn't matter why should i be serious about the language if the language isn't serious enough to make sense right gang <laughs> well let's take the word bomb b-o-m-b right bomb bomb b-o-m-b all right t-o-m-b tom no, tomb. All right, T-O-M-B, tomb. C-O-M-B, coom. Calm. All right, C-O-M-B, calm. P-O-M-B, palm. No, P-O-E-M, palm. All right, P-O-E-M, palm. H-O-E-M, home. No, H-O-M-E. All right, H-O-M-E, home. S-O-M-E, song. No, song. All right, S-O-M-E, stump. N-O-M-E, numb? No. N-U-M-B. So that gives you an idea. Like he, he had a lot of fun with language and history and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, that sounds like I'm, I'm giving him a, a memorial. He's still alive. He's still out there. Um, uh, but I'm not performing much anymore. But, uh, you know, like the, the, it's unfortunate that there's all this sort of dark clouds over the end sort of, of, his, of his career. Uh, but it's sort of like Billy Joel. I'm hoping that he can, like, get past all this stuff. Uh, and a guy who also went through some money issues and some issues with his family. <laughs> this oh, <laughs> the story is unbelievable when you get yeah. deep into it. And I can't yeah. say this enough. If, if you're wondering, why are you guys talking about this so much? There's not a whole letter left <laughs> for this minute. So I and know. also, when else, when else do I get to break out my information about Gallagher? He is definitely worthy of his place in the comic pantheon. And I, I totally. hope that uh, there is, uh, you know, he can get a sense of peace from knowing that his fans are still out there. Uh, and despite all this other stuff, uh, recognize uh, his contributions. I, I can't say this enough. Late 70s, early 80s, and into the early 90s, he was huge. Yes, huge. Like, say, like I mean, like any of the, the big comics of today, like even Chris Rock only has like maybe four comedy specials. Like no. 14. That, the only one other person I can think of who has that many is George Carlin. Yes. Which, who is I mean, also of the same generation. Yes. No, he's he's of that generation. And I mean, the, 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 the things that his fans would do, like it was popular yeah. when you went to his shows, there would be the splash zone, like when yes. you went to SeaWorld and yeah. they would have ponchos because, yes, when he's when he ex explodes and smashes 15 watermelons, <laughs> there's carnage around people. Right. Plus, also, too, if you go to his website, uh, which is GallagherSmash.com, if you're looking for someone to officiate your wedding, <gasps> oh. he's, he's available. Wow. 
anyway. What a, what an interesting reference. I have to say, yeah. was there any time? I couldn't find anything of where, like, Favro did Favro said that they were like, oh, we were looking to give this little no, wink they, to he Gallagher? Basically said that, he basically said that that was uh, something they came up with about with the, um, with the, um, with the, the watermelon. watermelon. Yeah, and just. Yeah, it's like, well, of course, because Gallagher is a smash as And for him being the same generation as us, I yeah. mean, yeah, you would, yeah, exactly. that's and totally what Jr. you would think is, of. Like, just slightly older than us, so he came right. up probably the same time watching the same stuff, and, you right. know, because Gallagher made the rounds, like, he was on Letterman, he was on Carson, I mean, he, like, right. all those shows that everyone watched, he was, he was there. I think he even showed up on Mork and Mindy at one point. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, so, uh, so our, our our friend yeah. here, right? He he blows the watermelon. Everyone loves it, and then he stumbles and we, around. Yep, and we hear a metallic clank. <laughs> so I gotta yeah. say, in terms of superhero entrances, this is pretty awesome. This is pretty like, great. <laughs> there are like the there's always that first shot when you like reveal and like you you had that with Iron Man. We saw the first thing when he comes out and everything, and even the multiple generation stuff too. But like. The first appearance of War Machine. Right. This is pretty awesome. I mean, Rhodey steps out and he's in the full, you know, the the Gen Two armor, uh, and all shiny and chrome. Uh, and I find this this is also uh, uh, connects to me a lot too because these are the minutes I talked about uh, when I was on the Marvel mini, mini oh, minute right. season one. It was about Tony in this suit, uh, in, flying around for the very first time. Uh, so here we are, sort of. Full circle, eh, I don't know, but further down off the path. Um, but so he's there in full with his with his visor up, and so you can see that it's it's Rhodey, and he says, "I'm only gonna say this once: get out." And his helmet clunks down. Oh yeah! No, it's this. This is such <laughs> a great, great shot because it's a he's in the and the suit looks amazing. And this is the Mark II, like we said, the Mark II Iron Man suit. Yep. Um, the crowd parts. Yes, and and then there's a push zoom like yeah. into it, so perfect. Just yeah. the way this whole scene unfolds is outstanding, and he just looks like the biggest badass. Uh-huh. Like, he is not going to have any it of this. A, that's what. That's why they call it the hero shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then uh, he then as we see Tony then turn back, um, he says, uh, "You don't deserve to wear one of these. Shut it down." It's like ooh. <laughs> Like the, did you, you almost they, they want to have like the gunslinger music? Well, okay, you know you have that, but did yeah. you find that it 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 implies? I've always thought that that was an interesting line coming from Rhodey in that yeah. that implies he is making the suit out to be like a badge. You know what I yes. mean? Like, but to Tony, it's yeah. never been that. No, There's no. It's, a, it's 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 a hot rod. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The thing, the difference is, is that one person sees it as a vehicle. Well, he's you know, a military a toy, man. Right. And then the other person sees it as something with great responsibility and great diligence yeah. and honor. And right there, yeah, that lays the whole line of what's about to happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, because to Rhodey, this is an F-16. Right. So when you're when you're a junior pilot, you don't get to fly one of these. You have right. to earn your way up. You start on pilot cubs and everything. And you know, like eventually you'll get to do that. You don't get to just jump right in because you have to earn your way in. Right. And so but Tony didn't have to earn anything. He just put it together and now it's his. So they see things incredibly differently. Uh, so then we see uh, Tony turns to the DJ. Right. <laughs> and he says, Goldstein. Goldstein then earns his SAG card by saying Yes, Mr. Stark. Oh, you got a yeah. line in the movie. You can, if you say a line on screen in the movie, you're a member of the Screen Actors Guild. Congratulations. Uh, he says, yes, Mr. Stark. Tony says, 
give me a fat beat to beat my buddy's ass to. <laughs> he can't even get the line out. No, he starts laughing. laughing before you even get to the end of it. Uh, and so uh, uh, DJM, being the, the master of, of the spin that he is, he throws on a song and he puts on Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, taken for their 1980 album, The Game. Which is nice. a magnificent album, by the way. Yes. <laughs> if you want to see any Queen album, that's a pretty good one. So obviously, the world, he'll be mixing as the party goes on, which I think is really funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is where we start the the fight, uh, and then Rhodey like jumps on Tony from behind uh, and says, "I told you to shut it down." Uh, and and then, then Tony then fires up his uh, his boot jets and goes backwards, and that's where the minute comes to an end. You do see, um, you know, just one thing I think is interesting is when he when he first comes up to uh, Tony, Tony's got the microphone in one hand. It looks like a bottle of Crown Royal in the, in the other. <laughs> couldn't couldn't make that out completely, yeah. but that's what it looks like. And then uh, when he does give Tony, like, the hug from the back, Tony it, it, Robert Downey Jr. He gives this the great, mic. <laughs> well, he flips the mic, uh-huh. and he gives this smirk like... Okay. Whatever, dude. <laughs> right, and I mean, it's just it's bravado, but it's also yeah. you know chemically enhanced bravado. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's a funny. I do actually like this because then you're just like, oh wow, this is going to happen, and you're it's not going to be good. And that is literally it. Like he literally hits his thrusters, blows out of the scene, and that's where the minute ends. Yikes! Yeah, I don't know. Wow. It's yeah, crazy. I know. Brother versus brother. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's about a little, to go down. It's a little bit of a spoiler for the next minute, actually. Yeah, we're going to talk <laughs> about that. You know, the um, the one thing I also, we, we haven't really noticed, we haven't talked about is mm-hmm. when you keep seeing these shots of Tony's basically main living room, right? This is where this is yeah. taking place. Right. He's got all of these integrated um, projectors, which is kind of funky. Like, it's it's literally his place is set up like a like a club. I mean, well, true. You know, I mean, th- we have seen uh, Jarvis being projected, right. uh, so and I, mean, I wonder. So you could probably use it for multiple things. Exactly right. I mean, like he's got all these like cool like projections, like lines and and shapes and animations. There's even when they go back to the one shot, you can see on the balcony, sort of you know this open air atrium that he has in this room. You can see that there's like a looping animation that's playing on one of the walls. Like it's just it's in just an incredibly exciting dynamic atmosphere. Uh, I like the set design of this. I think it's kind of neat. Yeah. So if you like uh, cool designs and looping animations, a great place to find them would be on Instagram. And we're there, too. Uh, we have our own Instagram feed, at the next reel, where you can find out about all of our shows in a visually appealing manner. At least we're trying really hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> so find us on there. You can, uh, I, I guess there's not really a back and forth thing, is there? It's not really a just them comment. Sort of, they're there to look. I mean, eh, can you comment? Yeah. You can. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Just come and watch. Just <laughs> see the stuff and come like Come for it. the pretty pictures. Stay yes. for the fascinating information. Instagram. So uh, make sure you're here for minute 58 as we get into uh, iron versus iron, man versus man, suit versus suit. Uh, and looks like a party's coming to a, a pretty violent end. But everybody's got their cameras, so nobody's going to forget this night. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to remember it, and you should too. Be back here for minute 58. Enough said. Bye. Bye.